incredibly important as we are moving toward Easter, which we're talking about Christ, calling, cause, and community. The first two weeks we dealt with Christ, and we talked about the person of Christ, and then we went into the message of Christ. And then last week, Pastor Dana walked us through the first part of calling, our calling, the called and the chosen. Some of her thoughts was this, God's call always demands a response, and that it is a heavenly calling, that it is a holy calling, and that we are to carefully follow him. If you missed Pastor Dana's message last week, make sure that you go on YouTube or on Facebook and check that out. But today I want to talk to you a little bit of the part two of calling called, This is What I Believe I Have Been Called by God. Can I just say that again as a proclamation of my faith, that this is what I believe that I have been called by God. And I really want this message to be a blessing and an encouragement for those of us who know. And I'm talking about those of us who know that we have been called by God. You guys, um, this is going to come up on the board, and I want us to read this together. Let's read this together as it comes up. It says this, I know that I have been created by God. Come on, read it out to do something significant, something meaningful, something eternal. I believe my God has called me to do something that matters. Let's read that I believe one more time. Here we go. I believe my God has called me to something that matters. Give me a big amen, you guys. You see, for some of us, we might not know exactly what that looks like or how to even begin. So I want to go to a scripture that's found in Ephesians. Paul is in a Roman prison, and he's writing to the church of Ephesus, and it's around 60 AD, and this is what he writes in Ephesians 4.1. He says, therefore, I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord. Now, the serving, I want you to see how much that we hear this throughout this message. Serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been, what's it say, church? Called by God. Begs you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Can you say with your own mouth, I have been called by God? Say it one more time. I have been called by God. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're going to do here today. Lord Jesus, I pray that all of us would have our hearts open and expecting something amazing from you. Lord, I pray that you speak directly into our lives because we are a people that is excited about the move of the Holy Spirit. And we give you all thanks and praise. And everybody said amen. Come on. If you love Jesus, come on, let's make some noise. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You see, there's a fundamental truth that all of us need to hold on to, and this is the truth, that God wants to speak to you. You know, if we're going to talk about being called or being chosen, and that we believe that we find our purpose in him, it is important that we believe that our God still calls to us, that he speaks to us daily, and that we all have a calling on our lives. You know, some people... Some denominations believe that God has stopped talking and will not start talking again until he returns for us. They do not believe in healings, they do not believe in miracles, and they definitely don't believe in the moves of the Spirit because that was for a certain point in time only. But guys, I just want to be very clear 
that here at Harvest, we believe that not only has God given us his word and that we hold it to be true, but our God still speaks to us today. And I want to be very loud and I want to be very clear that we believe that God is alive that our God is active, that he is loving, that he is working, that he is excited and engaged in your life, and that he wants a relationship with you. Come on, church. With you. You know, um, when Lori and I, but this is before we were dating, we were really just getting to know each other because I had just given my heart to Jesus. And um, I finally was starting to go to Wednesday night services, which was for the youth and for the college, and um, I had never had a youth pastor before in my entire life. And so all this was new to me, and I'm gaining faith, I'm learning, I'm, 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 I'm moving into being more and more like a man of God, and I go to the 84 Olympics on a missions trip with her and a bunch of our other youth group, and, and um, uh, when the trip was over... Um, uh, our team went from L.A. back to Dallas-Fort Worth. Lori and her family went up north to visit family and, and kind of hang out with friends and stuff. And so I didn't see her for a couple weeks. Now, on that trip, Lori and I were actually starting to get to, to know each other, you know. Uh, and so we would occasionally, like, you know, um, hug, and it would be like a side hug or, the you know, the good old Assemblies of God A-frame hug. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so anyway, uh, but, but when she came back from two weeks... You know, we saw each other, and we went up and hugged each other. And when we hugged, um, guys, let's just say how it is. It was a spark. Something happened. And then it got a little weird after that because Lori kept trying to hug me. You know what I mean? I'm, jo I'm joking. I'm joking. But <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but, but what happened was is our friendship was growing. I would call her, and she actually jokes about this, that I would call for really dumb reasons. Like I'd call her and I'd say, hey, Lori, um, what, what time does youth start? And she'd go, the same time it always starts, you know. But really what it was, I just wanted to talk to her. Well, I'll never forget this. I was at my house, and the phone rings. My mom answers it, and she goes, Matt. And I go, yeah, mom. She goes, Lori Wilkerson is on the phone. For you. Guys, she hadn't even gotten Wilkerson out of her mouth, and I'm flying over couches and, and hitting lamps. I'm trying to get down to my room to where I can pick up the phone and go, Mom, I've got it, and then compose myself and go, what's up, girl? No, no. <laughs> but no, I was like, but, but, but guys, here's the thing is, hear, hear my heart. I was excited to hear her voice. Can you see where I'm going? Like, I was excited that she called me, and here it is, is that God is always calling us. That we would get to a place that we would be excited and looking forward to what will he say next into our lives. That I can't wait to hear from God and what he's going to speak to me. And you see, and I'm truly praying that today is the day. That whoever this is for, that today you would say, I have been called by God. And hear this, I believe that God still speaks and that God's best is available to me. Did you know that the desire for relationship with God is in your DNA? There's nothing that you can do to get rid of that. It's in your DNA. And that there is something in you that craves spiritual and lasting significance. It's you and I getting to the place where we're done with constantly giving in to temptations that we're done with seasons of bondage of authority over our lives, that I am called, that I have been set free, 
that my God knows me. And that in the name of Jesus, with all of his anointing and authority and power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to come up on the screen for you. I am going to break this cycle of bondage and be everything that God has called me to be. You know, and there are these specific things that I believe that God calls us to. Now, let me make sure I say this up front, that my calling is not necessarily going to be Lori's calling. That Lori's calling that she receives from the Lord is not going to be for me. That God has a calling for each and every one of your lives, and it's very specific, and it's very unique. You know, and I can't touch on all of them, but I, I'm going to give you a few that I know comes out of the Word of God. One of them is that God calls us to be kind. Um, <laughs> I, I've had multiple conversations with people on staff and people that I work with here at the church, and I will encourage them and say, I know it's not always easy, and I know it doesn't always go as, as smooth as we think it will be, but we've got to operate from a place of kindness. I know that God calls us to love all people. I know that God calls us to serve others, amen? There's that word again, to serve, where Paul says, I beg you, as a servant of the Lord, that we are to serve people. And I know this is also that we're called to tell them the story, to tell them that beautiful story that we know as, as the gospel, and to tell them the story of what the Lord has done for us, what the Lord has done for you. Come on, give me an amen. Because this is where we find our identity in Christ. You know, um, Tuesday night, Lori and I went out to uh, a steak dinner with Glenn and um, Sharon um, uh, Sorrentino. And we were uh, invited. He came up and invited us to go. And so we wanted to, to go and bless them and, and take them as well. And so we get there, and we're having a blast. And we're talking. We're talking about faith. We're talking about just some stories. And we've ordered food and the appetizers and things are coming. And, and all of a sudden, they set my steak down in front of me. And I've learned, I know this, that while the waitress is standing there, cut into the steak. Because I had ordered a medium. And when I cut into it, church, can I just say this? That, you know, there's medium, there's medium rare, and then there's rare, and then there's moo. When you cut into it, it goes, <laughs> you know, it's like, and guys, it was, the, it was not even, I couldn't even, can't describe how bad it was. And she goes, oh, my, honey, let me, let me just throw that, and we'll start a new one. And I go, hey, no problem, you know. So she walks off. 25 minutes later, everybody say 25 minutes later. First of all, I know it doesn't take 25 minutes to, make a, to cook a steak. Is everybody with me? If it does, then you know that that's well, well, well done, you know. Well, 25 minutes later, she's coming back, and I see the steak on the plate, and I can tell it's the same steak that I cut. And when she set it down, I could tell it still was not even a medium. So I cut into the steak, and I open it up, and she goes, oh, my, honey. And I go, and, and so, guys, I had this out-of-body experience where... My, listen, we all know the term hangry. My wife knows that it's, and I'm sitting there, and I, I, I come out, and I'm looking around, and I'm assessing the, the, the situation. I'm going, there's people everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, Glenn and Sharon are sitting across from me because everything inside of me wanted to go, you are Texas Roadhouse Steakhouse. You guys, this is what you do. You make steaks, and you're going to want me to take it back for the third time. I, you know, anyway, I'm wanting to, you know, go crazy. But I go, Matt, be kind. And I go, ma'am, just take the steak. I don't, I don't need it. Take it off my bill. I'll just have my, some of my wife's potato skins, and I'll eat when I get home. 
Uh, guys, here, this is my point. I had to dig deep to be kind. Is everybody with me? You see, calling, and I want everybody to receive what I'm about to say to you. Calling is not just about what we are doing or going to do. It's more about who we are and who we are becoming. That you and I have found such a deep identity in Jesus. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time. So from the beginning of time, his plan was to save us and to call us. Look at that same scripture in the message. We can only keep on going, after all, by the power of God, who first saved us and then called us to this holy work or to this holy calling or to be his holy people. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we knew anything about it. Isn't that good? Now, what I want us to do, I love doing this, is you take the scripture and you look at it and where it says, call to this holy work. Well, in the, in the Greek, that is hagios or hagias. And what that is talking about is the, de the deep definition of it is, is to be called to that most holy thing, to be called to be a saint, Someone who has been consecrated, who holds the things of God as sacred. In fact, you're being called to live a life that is both physically and spiritually pure. That I have been called by God. And my God speaks to me. And we have to believe this, that this has to become a fundamental truth to us. Because, guys, listen, we live in a world that it's just constant lies, that we need truth, and we need to hold on to this. I've heard people say, oh, if I could just hear the audible voice of God, then I would believe. Can, can I just say this, that, and I don't want to say be careful what you wish for. I'm saying that if you say, I want to hear the audible voice of God, you have to be prepared for what God is actually going to say to you. Because I can almost promise you it's not going to be what you think. You know, I've thought about that. What if we could hear, I mean, like a full-on audible, and hold on, just because I, I have, but I'm just saying that if, if we got cocky with this where I saw one girl talking to the street preacher, street preacher going, I want him to meet me in my room. I want to sit in a chair, and I want him to sit across from me. And if I see him and I can hear him, then I'll believe. Well, I honestly believe that if we heard the voice of God described as it is in the Bible, in the Word of God, most of us 30 minutes later would wake up unconscious off the floor and, and, and realize I was just in the presence of God. Right. Think about the men and women in the Bible that heard the audible voice of God. You know, we think we would react one way, but look, you know, Adam and Eve heard God and they hid from him. Moses heard the voice of God and he debated him. Gideon heard the voice of God and he argued with God, said he actually told God, you're making a mistake. Jonah heard the voice of God, and what did he do? He ran, took off. No way, God. And then Sarah overhears God, and she laughs at what he says. And then when God confronts her with, with laughing, she says, I didn't do it. So she ends up lying. So how does God speak to us, church? How is it that today in 2024, how does God speak to his people? Well, I know this one thing is that he does it through his Holy Spirit for sure. You ever had a nudge of the Holy Spirit? 
where you're, you're just doing, you're, you're minding your own business and the Holy Spirit starts nudging you. Lori and I went out uh, on our date Friday night. We were at Baker's Crust and we're eating and I noticed that this, uh, this lady sits down and I thought she was waiting on somebody or, well, then I realized as she gets her food, she's by herself. Guys, can I just say this? I don't mind guys eating alone, but I cannot handle seeing ladies eating by themselves. It just drives me crazy. It hurts my heart in a way, kind of. And I'm sitting there, and I looked at Lori, and I said, babe, I go, I feel like we were supposed to pay for her meal. And she goes, well, we'll go ahead. I go, I go, cool. You know, so, and guys, here's the thing is, she didn't know who paid for it. She didn't know who to thank. It was done because the Holy Spirit just told me to take care of her. Do you all see that? But the, God, but the Holy Spirit nudges us to share, to give. God, we know that God visits us and speaks to us in dreams and visions. I've heard the voice of God three times in dreams. The latest was in 2009 where he actually, I've told you the story, God cut my hair. Come on, church. When was the last time you got a haircut from God? God cut my hair, had his hands on my shoulders. I could never see his face, but I could hear his voice. We hear God through God's word. And when we open up God's word, we just open it up. That, that, that just that we get to that place that as we open up God's word that, that we are just overtaken by it. That we want to drink from it. We want to eat from it. That it gets inside of us. We hear the voice of God through his word. We know that we hear his voice through our prayer lives. We know that God sends other people to come and speak to us to confirm or to discipline or correction or whatever it is. But God will use people with us. We know that we hear his voice through community. We know that we hear his voice through small groups. We know that we hear his voice through serving others and being served. But guys, here's the thing is, is here we are on Sunday, and I'm preaching, and you, we are here as a body, and I promise you God is delivering us a word today. None of this, go though, church, none of anything that I just, not one thing, nada, not nothing that we're doing here today will mean anything if we do not believe that God still speaks. If we do not believe he is calling you. But if you do believe that God is alive and that he still speaks, that he has a calling on your life, that there is purpose and he puts cause in your heart. We understand this, that we have every gifting we will ever need and it comes from him, that every opportunity, every door that has been opened came from him, financial blessing, a healthy marriage, our children, successful businesses, new buildings, new family additions, the small and great purposes of our lives all come from God. And here's the thought, you were called on purpose for a purpose. God does not make mistakes. It is not like a last second thought. He's always thinking, he's been doing this since the beginning of time in your life, that you were called on purpose for a purpose. I want to read one more scripture for you as we get ready to go in just to my three quick thoughts. And, the, and here's the scripture. It comes out of 1 Samuel chapter 3. Now, here's what's happened. Hannah has asked God for a son. Now, we're going to go into that a little bit later, but, but she gives her son, um, Samuel, to Eli, to the house of God. And at that time, Eli and his sons are not doing what they're supposed to with God. But, but she, gives, she gives her son to the house of God to be raised by Eli. At some point, God begins to call out to Samuel. Now, understand, now hear what I'm about to say. Samuel has never heard the voice of God. So he doesn't know what to do when he hears this other than go to Eli. God calls once. He gets up. 
Eli, did you call me? No, go back to bed. Second time, God calls it. He runs, hey, Eli, did you just call me? No, go back to bed. So here we are, 1 Samuel 3, verse 8. It says this. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Notice that Eli did not hear the voice. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, look at what he says, speak, your servant is listening. And so this is what I believe. I believe that you and I, I believe that any child that, that accepts Jesus as their Savior, I believe that we have all been called by God. And here's my thoughts, three thoughts that I believe is important to your calling. The first one is this. Pay attention to the words you speak over your own life. Start paying attention to the words that you speak over your own life. In Jeremiah 1, 5 through 7, now remember, this is God talking to Jeremiah. He says, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew, knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations, that's what I had in mind for you. Now listen to Jeremiah's response. But I said, hold it, Master God. Look, look at me. I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. And God replied or told me, said this, don't say I'm only a boy. Can I, can I just kind of go off script just for a second here, and, and let me just say something to you from my heart. I will get into conversations with men and women of faith, and um, I've had many of these conversations where they'll say, yeah, I've been serving the Lord for 15 years, you know, I'm born again, and I, but then they will follow it, or somewhere in the conversations will say, but I still struggle with this, or I'm still struggling, I still find myself at times struggling with this. And, and, here, and here's my thought, and hear my heart on this, is that whether that is pornography, whether that is lying, whether that is swearing, dr drinking, whatever it is, what, but, but you're 15 years into your relationship, and out of your mouth you're saying, but I still struggle. I want you to understand that coming to Christ is actually supposed to be a breakage of the struggling. Because I can tell you the mat of 1984 is not struggling with the things I used to struggle with in 2024. There's a big difference between temptation and struggle. Did you know that temptation is not the sin? It's the, right? It's going after that temptation. But when we are in a place as a man and woman of God and we're still struggling and we're struggling and we're struggling... Ten years goes by, we're still struggling. We're still, and guys, I can, I can relate to this because between 2011 and 14, I was in a struggle for my life. My spiritual life, my mental life, my physical, I was, I was in one of the lowest places of my life. And I've shared this before, but there was something inside of me, something inside of me that one day in, in 2014, I'm in bed. I'm tired of sleeping in until 11 o'clock every day, depressed isolated and listening to the lies and the words that were coming out of my mouth that I was in bed and I rose up one day, put my feet on the ground and stood up and said, enough is enough. I am a child of God. Enough is enough. I am a child of God. 
And I want to encourage anybody that has found themselves still in the struggle of something that should have been broken long ago. Now, can you be tempted by it again? Absolutely. But you should not be struggling with it over and over and over again because that's the God we serve. He wants to lift us above this. The enemy loves when you speak things that are false over your life. I'm too weak. I don't deserve it. I'm not qualified. I can't. God picks somebody else. I don't trust myself. God doesn't speak to me anymore. I'm alone. I'm not needed. I'm, love, I'm unlovable. Church, start speaking life. I've been doing this for about three or four weeks. Let me say it to you. Speak life. Church, speak life over your circumstances and your situations. And let God begin to be God in your life. Come on, give me an amen. The second thought is this. Understand that God's call is personal and it is specific to you. I want to refresh a little bit on Samuel. Um, you see, in the scriptures, we know this, is that Hannah could not have a child. Uh, it was a real struggle for her. It was, it was something that was really messing her up. Um, she wanted a child so bad that she began to just go at God, seeking him, crying out to him. So much so that one day at the house of God, She's praying so hard that Eli thinks she's drunk in the middle of the day and confronts her and gets all over her. And she has to explain to him, no, I'm just seeking the Lord. And guys, here's the thing is, is that God understands our needs and he is also aware of the plans that he has for you. If Hannah hadn't pursued God the way that she did, she would not have had the miracle that was in her life. Come on. And so guys, here's the thing. Look at how God... What it says about this in 1 Samuel 1, 19 through 20. It says that the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel, for she said, here it is, I asked the Lord for him. Who are these people that can go boldly to God and ask for the impossible? Who are these men and women who could possibly believe that God is listening and speaking to them? Church, they are people, they are followers, they are followers of Christ who believe that their God is still alive, that their identity is found in him, that they believe he is able, they are convinced that he can do all and above what we would ever request. He is listening and he still moves on our behalf. And our calling and our purpose, God has wanted this since the beginning of time. Look at this other scripture, Ephesians 2.10. For we, Paul says this, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want to say this with all the love in my heart to every one of us in here. Is don't let anybody cheapen or devalue your worship or your prayer time or your firm belief in a living God that speaks daily into your life. I want to desperately live out my calling, a calling that only God can give. I want to do whatever it takes to be at the feet of Jesus. 
I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I sound like. I don't care who sees me, what people might say about me. I need the attention of God. I want his specific calling on my life. You're going to hear me cry. You might hear me laugh. You're going to hear me praise. And you might even hear me shout for joy. But church, let me say this. My identity is found in a resurrected Savior. It's not in a worldly system. It's a resurrected Savior, a living God. And I pray that Harvest would be a church that believes that our God is alive, that he speaks, that he still cares, and that he still loves us. I don't want Harvest to be a place to come and play church, but that we would come to his house because we want a fresh encounter with God. Is there anybody here, and I mean this with all my heart, and you don't have to raise your hand. I want you to think about this question. Is there anybody here that is desperate for a calling that is specific to your life? I'm going to have the worship team come on up. Let's give our worship team a hand. Come on, guys. Let's bless them. Amen. My final thought is, is that in your calling, I want to encourage you. Stand firm because Jesus gives you a new identity. Listen, there's no, there's not even a place to argue about this or to whatever or debate it. It's, we know that the world that we live in right now, that truth is really whatever you want to create. That's what, it's what's going on. If you don't think two plus two equals four anymore, you can come up with an argument for that. And I remember um, I was watching a couple weeks ago this uh, young man, he had a microphone and he was just asking adults and students that were walking by, he asked them this question. He just asked this question right here. How many genders are there? I prom- I'm not going to get into this big. It, he just asked that question. How many genders are there? I don't even think he was a believer. He was just asking. And um, I think he got, he interviewed 40 plus is what I counted. Out of the 40 plus, only one young lady said male and female. The rest said this. This is their exact response. He would say, how many genders are there? Oh, there's many. Oh, there's, there's so many you can't even count. And out of that 40 that, that's, that said that statement, only three would go into non-binary and some of this other. But the rest of them, really 90% of them that said, oh, there's many. When he said the follow-up question was this, tell me what they are. They would go, well, and all of a sudden their mouth, they can't speak it, they can't get it out. And they would go, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation. Or they would say, I don't like where this is going. Or I need to go. And they would just walk off. Guys, here's the truth. We are living in a world that is questioning, is Jesus the only way? Listen, listen to this language. That there are multiple realities and truths. That you can be your own God. That you can control your own destiny. Did God really say that? Did he really mean what he said? If God really loves me, why would he deny me of my choices and my plans? Guys, where have we heard this language before? Beginning of time, right? The snake. Satan himself with Adam and Eve, the language of the snake. Look at this in in Genesis 3, 5. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. And what's it say? knowing both good and evil. Now, here it is. Guys, stay with me. I love doing this. You get into this scripture, and you look into the the Hebrew of this. 
And you look at knowing both good and evil. And you know what it said and what it's in the, in the Chaldean lexicon. It literally says this, that in the Hebrew, the phrase knowing both good and evil literally means to know all things. That you are a God of your beginning, which is your commencing, and your end or your completion. So basically, the snake is still telling us today that you can be your own God, you can control your beginning, and you can control your end. Think about this, think about this. The world before Jesus, they think, I'll be reincarnated. Oh, wherever I go, it's going to be, you know, this is where, they they just create whatever they want to believe, but it's outside of Jesus. There's no truth. Did you know that that same statement, it's okay, you don't have to put it back up, to, 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 know, to know this, to be, to knowing of both good and evil, it actually refers to Isaiah 6. Isaiah has just had his mouth purified so that he can preach to the people, and God is punishing the people because they desire to find their identity in themselves rather than in God. And listen to what God says to tell them. It's, he says, you can keep looking, but you'll never perceive. You can keep listening, and you'll never understand. Because if it's outside God, or if it's outside Jesus, or if it's outside of his Holy Spirit, we have no understanding, and there is no truth. Come on, give me an amen. The enemy wants us to feel like I have to always be in control. That that how can I serve myself? How can I be my own God? How can I control my future? I don't need Jesus. My identity is found in this world system. And church, that is anti-Christ. We're not talking revelation. I'm saying it is total opposite of Jesus. It is anti-Christ because it's not truth. Let me give you some truth as we wrap this up. 1 John 3, 1. See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that. We are God's children because they don't know him. Ephesians 2.19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Give me an amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Give me an amen. Jude 1.1, I'm writing to all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in the care of Jesus. You have been called by Jesus. You have been called by God. You have been set apart. You have been chosen not to live a life that is all about you, but to live a life that reflects the glory of God. Remember, Paul saying, I beg you, I beg you, I implore you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God, that in every conversation, everywhere you should go, that you would say, this is what I believe. This is what I've been called to do. That God every day wants to speak to me. That I've been uniquely made, set apart, and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. My identity is in Jesus. To become more and more like him. To make him known to all men and women. My God is alive and he wants to speak to me. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. Look at, look at this, look at this. That we could even confess these last four things over our side. Go ahead and put that up. I have been called to something greater. I have been called to reflect Jesus. I have been called to build his kingdom. 
and I have been called by God. Can we all stand together? And I want us to say this together. I want us to really, really say it and confess it over your life, over your home, over your family's life. Can we, let's read this together. I have been called to something greater. I have been called to reflect Jesus. I have been called to build his kingdom. And I have been called by God. Amen. I don't even want to mess around with this. I'm just going to say this. Prayer teams are going to be on the left and right. If you need specific prayer, they are there for you. But I want to open up the altars, and I believe God is going to do The worship team is going to sing. They're going to lead us in worship. But I believe that there's some of you in here, there's some that have said, I don't believe, I haven't, well, let me say it this way. I haven't heard God speak into my heart in a long time. Some of you might say, Pastor Matt, I'm still struggling. I haven't had these things broken off of my life or the way that I'm thinking. I, I, need, I need this bondage. I need this temptation, the, the acting of temptation to break. And for others of you, it might be this. You might want to come down and just say, God, I want you to speak I want you to speak your words into me so that I can do what you want me. If any of those three are what you need from God, as soon as I count to three, let's just move. One, two, three. Come on, find a place down here to pray. Prayer teams will be down there, or you can just come and find a place. But if you need God to speak to you, you need, you need struggles to be broken in your life that only you know about, or you just want God to put a fresh calling on your life, I want you to come down. The worship team is going to lead us in worship. Hallelujah. You can do anything. You can do anything. My eyes will see your glory. My eyes will see your glory. Yes, Jesus, yes. You can do anything. You can do anything. My eyes will see your glory. My eyes will see your glory. You can do anything. Show us your glory in wonder. 
sing it out. Fear bound yes. here and now. Jesus, you change everything. Lies healed. Hope is found here right now. Jesus, you change everything. Chains fall. God, we want to have ears that will recognize when it's your voice, dear Lord. I pray, God, that you will speak to them, 